Entrepreneur Circle is an on-air brands production and a proud member of the On-Air Brands Network. Hi, this is James Altucher. Thank you for listening to Eric Cabral's Entrepreneur Circle. On this episode... I'm not a salesman in the true sense of the word, but I think you can sell yourself if, if you believe in what you do and you're passionate about what you're doing. And one of our core things is just not putting money out of pocket to buy real estate. One of the things that we believe in is, is always educating, always growing. Grow or die, you know, it's kind of our mentality. So if you're not growing every day, you're, you're actually going backwards. Hey there, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Circle podcast, where we inspire you by talking to entrepreneurs and business owners about mindset, goals, vision, tips and strategies on how to crush life and business. I am your host, Eric Cabral, real estate investor and a creative. I've been in the creative industry for over 20 years, got my start in New York City as a junior art director, and made my way up the corporate ladder to become the creative director at the number one pharma company in the world. That was until I decided to hang up my corporate hat and start my own creative agency called On Air Brands, where we broadcast your brand and your message using social media and live stream events. Hit us up at info at onairbrands.com to learn more. Also, like, subscribe, and share this podcast on social. We greatly appreciate you for it. And also, don't hesitate to send us any feedback that you may have because we always love, love, love hearing from you. Before we jump into the show, I'd like to share what some of our sponsors, partners, and friends of the show have to offer you. Hey there, entrepreneurs. Eric Cabral here, founder of On Air Brands and host of the Entrepreneur Circle and Capital Hacking. I wanted to share something truly unique with you that we've created called Pod Max, which is an amazing opportunity to connect you with major podcasts to help you share your fascinating stories with their communities. This unique invitation-only event includes interviews with you on top-rated business podcasts all in one day. It also provides a unique networking opportunity with high-performance guests and thought leaders who are authors, coaches and consultants, investors, speakers, executives, you name it. These are the type of people that you need to be around. We also provide industry expert keynotes to hit our stage to share insights on podcasting, investing, marketing to help you take things to the next level. And the cool thing about Podmax is that it has a multimedia agency engine behind it with on-air brands to provide social media promotions before and after the event to share your brand new shows with your network. So hit the apply now button at podmax.co and I hope to see you at the next Podmax event. Hey there, folks, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Circle. I am your most humbled host, Eric Cabral. Always happy to be here for you, and I have someone amazing to talk to and for you to listen to and learn from. Good friend of mine, Mr. Dan Butler. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Glad to be on. Yeah, absolutely, man. You and I always talk uh, mostly... Let's see, if it's not about podcasting, we're talking about business, we're talking about life, we're talking about uh, the economy. So it's good to finally get you here on the Entrepreneur Circle to chat a little bit more and to share what it is you're about uh, with the tribe here. So I know. um, I'm... uh... It's so funny just to have friends up in the Northeast. Never, not, never imagined I would that uh, fellow entrepreneurs to share the pain and the good times and the bad that uh, we all go through. So 
Yeah, yeah, it's good. So you're you you hail from from Tennessee? Yes, Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. So, folks, let me let me give you a quick primer on, on Dan here. Uh, he is a man of many talents and many companies. 6 a.m. Core Collective, which is the parent company to many other amazing uh, businesses that, that Dan is a part of or owns. So, Crest Core Realty is one. He's got a lot of verticals here. He's got a lot of ancillary businesses that all connect and complement each other. City Light Commercial Services, Coreland Financial, uh, Crest Core Property Management, and you know, Dan, my favorite. <laughs> core assist, uh, which we are big fans and clients of. So yeah, brother, so, so glad we're finally here to sort of peel back the layers and talk a little bit and, uh, you know, get, get, get the ideas flowing so people can get to know you and, and, and figure out how they can potentially work with you. So I'm going to start with this question, which is one of my favorites. Um, what do you remember was, what's your earliest memory of selling? What was the first thing you remember selling? The first thing I remember selling was selling myself and my services. So, and in fact, I just talked to my mom about this other day, just thanking her for, um, she literally would pick me up and take me around when I was 11 or 12 years old and drive me to a yard in the back of her Toyota van, had a lawnmower, weed eater, blower, and I would try to do the best job I could. And then, you know, neighbors would ask, you know, what was going on and, you know, how good a job I did or whatever, and just asked my pricing. And I learned to sell myself and what I could provide. And it kind of gave me that confidence to like, all right, you do a good job and you do what you say you're going to do. It produces results, which produces more income, more opportunity, you know, growth, all that kind of stuff. And so I never thought of myself as, I don't think of myself as a salesman. I'm not a salesman in the true sense of the word, but I think you can sell yourself if, if you believe in what you do and you're passionate about what you're doing. And and try yeah. to do a good job. So, so I love that because I've never heard anyone frame it that way. Usually they're like, oh, you know, I sold candy or I sold, you know, for this instance, you were talking about uh, it's lawn care service, mm -hmm. right? That's so, right. yeah, I love how you framed it. It was more you selling your service and you yep. because they had to, to trust that you were going to do a good job, right? And show it's up not every necessarily. Week. Yep. And show up exactly, exactly. Yep. So uh, it, that's funny, and I love how you frame that. It's perfect. So um, in that business, you ran that for a long time. Yes, right. All through high school and all through college, for sure. Yeah, it helped pay all those extra bills in college that you, you know, college people get into for, you know, you know, extra spending money and all that good stuff. Yeah, tell 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 us about how you actually turned that into a business, uh, and you know, putting systems in place or people in place because normally. When someone does that, they just think of themselves. Like I am selling, you know, uh, my time to as many as I can mow. You know, but you figured it out. You sort of cracked the code on it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I think I figured out early on, you know, that that there's. I kind of I always broke it down into, hey, if I worked, I started out at Burger King actually when I was 15 years old, and so I knew what three dollars an hour felt like. Crazy to say that it was three fifty or whatever it was back then. It's crazy. And so I always knew so, so early on, I was like trying to figure out my per hour, what am I worth? And, and there's a lot of podcasts now that talk about that. And it's funny to see the progression from going from 350 to what, you know, I would probably say what, you know, I, I, I would value my time now. But I think when I was doing yards, I was like, how do I get faster? How do I get through this yard so that I can take on the next one? And so, you know, it's, it's that whole you know, revenue, lead with revenue, and then I would buy equipment to make me that much faster. So even to this day, I always have the biggest blower in the neighborhood 
because <laughs> I want to be done. You know, if, if my son or myself are going to touch the yard, you know, I want to be done in five minutes. Whereas my neighbor's got that little, you know, little handheld blower. He's, he's doing it for an hour and a half trying to get his driveway and his curb. And I'm like, I'm already in the pool or, you know, doing something else. <laughs> so that's brilliant. And it, just leveraging equipment is what back then was leveraging equipment and then led into le leveraging people. So I would have, you know, people helping me and I knew I'd have to, you know, then I had to figure out the, um, who was best at what, you know, putting the right people in the right seats. It's funny. Now I'm, I've never been asked these questions. So it's pretty cool to flush this out. I would put you, Hey, you do the weed eating, you know, cause I had a college roommate one time. I remember bringing him home with me and he was jumping up and down, uh, doing the weed eater because he was, his legs were so like never been used to work for lack of better words. It was killing him the little rocks, stuff like that. It's like, well, if he's going to stick with me, let's just put him on blowing. Cause otherwise he's going to take triple the time to, to weed eat the same area that somebody else or myself could. So I'd have to figure out, figure out that kind of thing. But anyway, so it's interesting. Yeah. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that because um, I remember sort of testing the waters at a young age, whether it was selling candy or fireworks. Um, and whenever I would bring someone else in, you know, those kids are like, well, I could just do it myself. Or what do I need you for? So how did, how did you handle that question? And then how did you sort of influence them to help you so that you can grow a business? Well, I could pay more than what they could make anywhere else. Um, How was that? How did you? Just, you know, 10 bucks an hour, you know, and um, I ate the taxes, you know, for, from that standpoint. I bought their lunch. Um, so there's some, you know, key things there that I think I would do. And the schedule was more flexible as long as, you know, the key was to get done. So I didn't care, you know, do we start at seven, nine, you know, the earlier we start, the earlier we get, you know, get done, you can go do your next thing. So, um, and we don't have to do it today. We just got to be done by Friday kind of thing. So there's some flexibility, some autonomy. Yeah. It's so sophisticated because you started that business at 12. And at what point, how old were you when you started to hire people and sort of start thinking as that business owner and expansion? Probably 15 when I could drive is probably when that okay. first started. So, so you did it for a few years on your own. Yep. Just because I had no, I mean, back at home in South Carolina, you can't, you can't drive until you're 15. So. I, wow. I, that's pretty young. For me, it was 16. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah. blessing of South Carolina. You could get your license yeah. and in three months after getting it, you could drive on your own. So. Wow. Yep. Okay. So then once you had, you know, access to wheels and then you could start picking people up. And so that's when it sort of opened kind of the doors. Snowball. Yep. Yep. And, yeah, you know, yeah. and that kind of led to my first partnership. And again, I hadn't really thought of it till now, just talking through it. But I had another guy that was a good friend of mine in high school that had a similar size business. And we combined them because we were such hard workers. Um, it, you know, we went from, you know, 20 yards to probably 50 yards by combining them together. Wow. And, uh, and then he moved on. He went to, he was always, he was a, a lover of doing different things. He got bored easily. So he, was on Alaska ship, ship and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Just, Oh, wow. You know, and so I, he left, he left me with the business. So I was able to catapult from there. Wow. I just left it to you. No, no exchange of money or, or agreements. That's pretty cool. He probably would say that was a regret of his <laughs> now, but um, he did not. Yeah. Yeah. So do you take us back to that conversation? How old were you guys when you decided to sort of fuse your clients and brand? Uh, it was, I was 16 and a half, 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah, something like that. So were you guys like, what was that like? Were you guys like skateboarding and drinking high C punch? <laughs> and you're like, hey, why don't we just uh, combine forces? Like, how did that conversation come down? Ah, man, I, that's so long ago. Gosh, I hate to give my age. That's 30 years ago. But I mean, I think yeah. it was just the similar work ethics and similar um, belief in equipment and stuff like that. And just, you know, we saw that we could do well together. So, I mean, and it's more fun to have somebody with you doing it. If you've ever done lawn work, it's, it's a, if you're by yourself. That's a very boring, you know, they didn't have like all the nice earbuds and podcasts and yeah, you know, that you could go get some, some good, you know, good stuff going. You have the Sony Walkman that was this big and exactly, you know, <laughs> exactly with the, uh, with the orange headphones, big headphones. With, that's right. That's, yeah. Yeah. And with the little sponges yep. with that, I, that's right. <laughs> probably get sweaty. Yeah. I don't even think we had a CD anti-skip Walkmans yet. Yeah. I don't, um, yeah, I don't maybe even. it was the cassette. Yeah. It was the cassette. I stuff. think it was the radio. And then, then I, I remember trying oh, a yeah. little bit cause then your radio would get, it was all that, uh, the dial. So like, <laughs> You hit a bump, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you lost your music, you know. So then you're like, you're losing efficiency and time trying to get you, you know. So then you're like, oh, forget yeah, it. Yeah, let me just, let, let me, me literally just, just plow through yeah, this. Yeah, let me just cut yeah. the grass. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So so what happened? You, you, you used the funds to put yourself through school and getting your, your BS degree in mechanical engineering. Um, so then what was it? What was it after that? What was your next entrepreneurial journey? So... Yeah, I mean, I think it, it during my high school years, I had a mentor that had a uh, uh, rental property, and I would help him fix things up, uh, you know, cut the grass for him in, in certain, you know, properties, board up windows, you know, be his tool guy, his, his drunk guy while he's trying to fix some stuff. And I just learned about wealth creation at that point and just knew it just stuck in my head all through college that I wanted to do real estate. And so when I moved to Memphis, Shortly, you know, after graduating, I just started, you know, trying to find a way to, to buy real estate in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, I did not know that Memphis was a, um, you know, hotbed as far as just rental properties and number investments here and the rent to price ratio you hear people talk about out there. I had no idea I was, you know, in the Mecca of it all. Um, again, to me, it's another blessing of just being placed here to, to go to work and started, you know, so I did do, and so leading into that, I did double duty. I did manufacturing and buy and hold real estate for, you know, 14 plus years before doing corporate, wow. getting out of corporate. So were you able to sort of leverage his experience? Was he helping you and mentoring you through your first deal? How to, how'd you get comfortable with doing that? Um, no, actually, you know, kind of lost touch with him a little bit when I moved here. Um, then I started relying on just, you know, stuff I'd read in books I think one of the big ones was nothing down in the nineties by Robert Allen. Um, I can totally remember that one. And I just, in my mind, after reading that, I said, I got to figure out how to do no money down to buy real estate. So to this day, there's been very little dollars down on any real estate we've ever bought, which people just, it blows their mind that I can, that I say that, but I don't, you know, our, one of our core things is just not putting money out of pocket to buy real estate. So I can trace that all the way back to that, that book back in, you know, late nineties. Wow. That's amazing. So that one book sort of set the path, uh, down the journey of becoming a real estate investor and starting to analyze deals. So what, what other things or people did you start to encounter or leverage 
to scale, you know, because that's the one thing that I think a lot of investors struggle with when they first get into it. You know, okay, I'll get one property, two properties, and all of a sudden you reach a point where you're like, either get comfortable or scared or, you know, you don't, you don't mm -hmm. take the action to build teams and systems yep. and yep. that's the biggest thing. So how did you get to that point? Man, I tell you, um, a couple of things. One is going all the way back to lawn care. I was always just go big or go home. I couldn't just have 10 yards. I had to have, you know, 70 something. Um, and same thing with the rental properties. I was like, I can totally, this is one of my, you know, part of my story when I tell it to people, you have to have a vision. And I told people that, you know, you know, I had a vision, I laid it out to have 300 rental properties by the time I was 48 years old. And I just remember I was sitting on the plane, figuring that out and drawing it out and, you know, mapping out how the financing would work and all that stuff. And so, you know, it wasn't until I bought my second apartment and this is where the, the funny part of the story for me is I was married, just got married and um, somebody was breaking into the apartments at night. And so I woke up at two or three in the morning. That, that's part of my, one of my weaknesses as far as I, just my head just sits there and worries about, you know, that asset. I was worried about people moving, you know. Um, so I had the bright idea to get up at two in the morning and stalk the place out. Oh, man. And uh, well, it was just like your spider sense was tingling. Like yeah. there was, you didn't know. There was like, yeah, security systems. No, or... I didn't, nothing. I just like, it was just a feeling. Just a feeling wow. that get up there. And, and, and so anyway, long story short, my wife wakes up, rolls over. I'm not there. And uh, her comment when I got home, she's like, well, you need to come home. I said, I came home. And her comment was, you need to either figure out how to, to not do this anymore or we need to sell the apartments. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, well, I'm not selling. <laughs> so... So that was kind of my, but that's what a trigger for me was that I had to leverage other people and leverage other systems that I couldn't do it all on my own. It was all on me. You know, I was managing, you know, 34 properties by myself at that point, doing everything from leasing to collections to, you know, some of the maintenance, you know, all that stuff. So tenant, tenant calls. So it's that, it was that moment that I knew I didn't realize I was going to be the catalyst to keep growing, but I knew that it was going to keep me and my wife aligned on, allow me to keep doing it, if that makes sense. Because I didn't want it to mess up our marriage and our relationship. Right, right. So you're sort of forced to. Yes. And then good thing that conversation was was had because now you <laughs> look at everything that you've built, yep. um, which is funny because whenever I look at your your structure and how uh, everything is related and connected and complementary, um, you know, our good friend, Josh McCallan. Yeah. You know, calls it capital hacking, like it's the ultimate hack where you were able to sort of leverage one business and then the other, and then how it all sort of becomes this ecosystem yep. so we're, that they all benefit and help each other. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool to watch. You know, the biggest, the biggest way to describe that is just, we're always our biggest client. Mm. So yeah. when we had our houses that we own, we're the biggest, we're still the biggest property management client. <sighs> property management client is the biggest maintenance company client core assist mm. the virtual company property management is the biggest client wow. for core assist i mean you know it's just all it's a catapult this catalyst to, to allow you to to then grow it outside to to, to do that same service for others 
Hello, this is Josh McCowan, CEO of Viva May Hospitality and the beautiful Renault Resort Winery. I have to tell you, the secret's out. And the secret is On Air Brands. On Air Brands Creative Agency, which specializes in launching podcasts, transforming live events into live streaming events, and social media marketing soup to nuts. On Air Brands has changed the game. There'll never be a day from here forward when you and I and our companies don't need to be on the air. Every brand needs to be on the air, but so few know that. So it's great to work with a group that are ahead of the curve and to find a company that has been built on the core foundation of the future of marketing. If you're ready to broadcast your brand like they've done for my brands, take the next step and make a change that can transform your business. Reach out to On Air Brands today. That's onairbrands.com. Yes, onairbrands.com. So what's the first thing you built? And then it, it, it looks like it was sort of a domino effect. Everything was built out of necessity. So mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I need this. Don't necessarily like this company that we may be outsourcing to. Let's build it ourselves. Right. Um, it sounds like that was a piece of it. So let, let's talk about the, like step one. What did you build? And then what was, you know, two, three, four, and then ultimately all of those, you know, Crestcore companies. So... One thing that, that, that I've really tried to, to talk to people about is the one thing, you know, stay, staying singular focused. Mm. And so before it was a cool term, um, I was doing the burst strategy. That's all I did. Buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold, buy and hold. And did that for years. That's all I did. And that mm. to me is a key piece of this ingredient is that I didn't get the, the shiny object syndrome where you're like, all right, go do flipping and go do wholesaling and go do turn, you know, all these different things. Yeah. I just was spoke. Remember I told you I had that 300 vision, the vision for 300. That's my, that was where I was going. And so if I just had it to nail it down to one thing, I think that was just getting that vision to get to that 300 without, without getting distracted about all the other things I could have gotten involved with. So I didn't even, you know, I learned about the other stuff along the way, but I didn't dive into it. It wasn't until to your point out of necessity that my business, I've got a business partner several years later and we start buying together and that's when one plus one was three for us to be able to scale this thing. And we were all, we actually run together. I think I've told you that story. We run every, every other day, um, about five miles, but I think, you know, on one of those runs, we kind of looked at each other. He's like, Hey, look, if we're going to take this to another level. We got to do something different. Cause I was doing tenant calls. He was doing lease signings. He was doing all the books through Excel. I mean, just crazy stuff and, and QuickBooks. Um, so we decided to start a property management company on a run. I can remember where I was on Walnut Grove, which is a street, a main street here in Memphis. And we just decided that that day that, that we were going to do that. So that's what we set out to do. And we were our biggest, we were our only customer. And then the word got out that we created that and that blossomed into to more clients and more business. Um, and then I can tell you the next one was a brokerage. We had so many houses coming at us back in 08, 09, and 10 that we couldn't buy them all. And so we decided to create a brokerage to help our friends and peers buy houses alongside us that then we could manage. So we could make a little, you know, income on the purchase and then the ongoing management. So so you had your your license. So you had agents. Yep. Yep. Right. And then and then eventually um, you created your own brokerage, right? And then, wait, so that was the step. So, so that was three. So you went from from apartments 
and 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 building that portfolio to managing properties, yep. your own properties, and then others, yep. and then finally the deals where they come from, yep. right? Sourcing your own deals and then finding deals for others through your your agents and your brokers. Yep. So then, so then, what was the next step? Yeah. Then uh, then it was the maintenance company. Um, I can remember, and it's all out of pain. So just to make sure we get that this 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 <laughs> very that. clear that a lot of this is out of pain. So I can remember December of 2015, we had eight people, uh, tenants that were supposed to move in the houses and they had no heat. They had no heat because our HVAC contractor did not pull permits for the inspections for gas like he told me he did. And I'm a big proponent, you know, it's still one of our core values to this day is personal accountability. And so I was like, okay, the definition of sanity is keep doing it the same way. We tried this vendor, we tried this vendor. So I literally, you know, we came up with the name. It was a name we were actually going to call Crestcore, which was City Light. You know, we wanted to be salt and light to the world, you know, so it kind of, or, you know, to Memphis, Tennessee. Um, unfortunately, there was a show called H on HGTV called City Light of Boston. So I, <sighs> I couldn't use the real estate, but I could make it as a maintenance company. Um, mm. But I went and got my HVAC license, then followed that with a plumbing license um, and just said, we're going to take matters in our own hand. You know, we got to, to be able to handle those requests and know that I can sit there with a stack of permits in my office. Hey, John, go pull that permit today. She's got to move in in a week versus sending it to a third party, following up, thinking it's getting moving and getting done, but it's not. So that was the maintenance company. So, um, and then I guess the next one would probably be um, the lending company. So, through all those years of just grinding it out, we were able to quit create equity um, in our properties that allowed us to take that equity through lines of credit to loan to those investors that maybe wanted to buy through the brokerage to buy a rental property that then we would manage. So, it's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, so you see it all kind of just a little bit of, you know, a little it. bit of a lot of things. Um, yeah. So that was the lending company and it's, and it's you know, it kind of, and it's like, so we did that and then we did the core assist, the virtual assistant company out of necessity of trying to find affordable labor at a scaled number of people to cover how we wanted to run the property management company because the property management is a people like labor intensive business. And so we, we just had to find a solution again, out of pain. Again, you'll hear me say it again. It was pain of, we just couldn't find the right people in Memphis, Tennessee at the, at the numbers that we could afford. So basically we said we could have two people for the price of one and also get double the output because they were home-based. They weren't coffee, you know, coffee talk and all that kind of stuff. They were just focused on working and getting stuff done. Um, so anyway, that's, that's kind of the progression. That's brilliant. I just want to highlight that, I'm, uh, yeah. you know, for myself and also for, for anyone out there who may have missed it, you know, because I'm a big fan and I met you when Core Assist, uh, you know, was coming to, not coming to fruition. You already Start had up, it, but yeah. yeah, starting up and, and, um, you know, but you know, you had built a ton prior. So I just want to, I want to sort of deconstruct that. So going, working backwards, you, you created, you know, Coreland Financial, um, from, leveraging the real estate uh, that you had equity in mm -hmm. and then you were able to parlay you know by you know uh, uh, burring those or, or taking HELOCs or whatever it was you were able to pull from there in order to lend to people who were ultimately 
your investor pool yep. that needed to buy properties that you had sourced yep. and then eventually managing right. <laughs> it for them. It's brilliant, man. It's absolutely brilliant. I don't know if you and McAllen talked about this on Capital Hacking because unfortunately I wasn't there uh, for that episode. But man, that is brilliant. I don't know anyone, and I've interviewed hundreds of people that have broken down, maybe they've had these in place, but I just love how they all interconnect and complement. And like you said, the, the, the beautiful part of the story is also these were built out of pain. You were yes. trying to figure out solutions for yourselves, yep. which ultimately led down to the business that isn't necessarily uh, looked at as a real estate or real estate related because now you know you service and help on-air brands with uh, you know core assist. Yep. So I love how you you also broke that down and figured out, okay, let's let's do this for ourselves, but then let's give this to our clients as well. So, Let's talk a little bit about Corsis and how that sort of came to be and then mm -hmm. how, what is it doing now? So, yeah, I mean, we, we've been using, um, again, one of the things that we believe in is, is always educating, always growing, grow or die, you know, it's kind of our mentality. So if you're not growing every day, you're, you're actually going backwards because the world is leaving you kind of, kind of mentality. So we've gone a lot of real estate conferences, seminars, you know, we're constantly talking to people on the phone from, you know, like Chad Gallagher up there where you are. I love talking to him. We always trade ideas and, you know, just being a giver, not a taker. If you, if you know that uh, phrase. So we learned about virtuals where I was going with that. And we started using a third party service and you would just send the invoices every night to, 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 to La La Land is what I like to say it because it was in the clouds because <laughs> we didn't know them. Yeah. We didn't, yeah. we didn't know who the people were. We just had a rep that kind of represented the company and that was, that was fine. It was actually did a pretty good job, but, it wasn't personable. It wasn't until, and this is, this is a fun part of the story. We went to Dallas to a real estate investor roundtable, a mastermind group. We were in Dallas for a couple of years and met a guy in Dallas that was managing 300 of his own properties with 12 people from India. Wow. No people in the U S. Whoa. And I was like, that can't be. So yeah. I mean, I consumed him one Saturday night at dinner after our, you know, our mastermind got out and I just, you know, question after question. I, I don't understand. This doesn't make sense to me. Please break this down. Like even like from as far as like Home Depot and pr purchase orders and approving a guy. What? Yeah. A guy that goes to a, a contractor goes to Home Depot. Home Depot is calling a guy in India to, to verify and give him the you know, PO number and matches it up and all that good stuff. And oh, wow. So that's when my wheels are turning. So I came back and told my partner about it and he didn't believe me. You know, it's just no way, kind of the same thing I was. And he went home that Thanksgiving. I'll never forget because he called me like Thanksgiving Day or the day after. And we, we don't really talk besides our runs. So I was just like, no, oh, that's interesting. He called me. He goes, man, you won't believe this. The guy has no office. There's nobody there. <laughs> and uh, so that just catapulted us into to starting courses. So we, we, we started using, you know, outside service. And, uh, uh, well, excuse me, we used a third-party service similar to courses. And through us hiring entrepreneur-minded people, they said, Dan, we want to do this ourselves. And so that's what kind of led us to, to start Core Assist. And really, we were just our biggest, our own biggest customer. You know, we, that's how we started. We didn't try to go outside. When you start talking about it, it's so intriguing. And so I forgot the elevator pitch that, you, you, know, you know, like entrepreneurs know they need it, but they don't know, yeah. you know, 
how to get there. And so right. when they hear us talking about it, they're like, I want one, you know? So yeah. uh, that led us to starting to do for other, we didn't originally weren't planning on just going out there to the masses. Um, but we started getting requests and there was like, Oh, we got something here, you know? So um, yeah, that's, that's what led to this. So. Yeah. What's cool about it is, you know, well, obviously, you know, it wasn't your first rodeo or first business, you know, you've built many businesses. So you were very aware of, the client journey. And that to me is always the biggest thing. You know, when we operate our businesses, all the touch points, you know, is there communication? What's the experience? And you guys have really figured that out in terms of business, especially with Corsist, because, you know, as, as clients of yours, we, um, we appreciate that. We appreciate the touch points and the communication and the teams and how everybody is, is very aware of what's happening. And so you always, that, that gives you confidence. Right. Yeah. When 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 you could talk to your team, who's someone you've hired basically, and they can give you an update and, and tell you exactly what's happening. Um, that's critical to right, trust. Yep. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, I I trust that you guys and are gonna do the right thing and hire the right people. And that's the big thing. The main takeaway that I had when hiring people through Coursist is all the legwork, all the stuff, all the pain, as you mentioned, was taken away. Because I experienced getting a hundred plus resumes in my inbox when I put it out there. And that was ridiculous. I was never going to do that again. And then right. when I discovered that you guys basically acted as the middle so that I didn't have to filter yeah. and check on everyone. And it, it's really, really, I was like, how has this not been around forever yeah. you know it's it, it, and it's really cool. And I'm sure maybe there's other companies doing this. But I haven't heard or seen or experienced people doing it the way you do it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I encourage, obviously, people to look into any of your businesses because you run them pretty like like, like clockwork. It's a machine. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, with CoreSyst, it's it, like you said, it's, it's really, really solving a problem that a lot of entrepreneurs have uh, as far as the hesitation yeah. to hiring VAs, also to onboarding and and vetting and figuring out who you need. You guys yeah. even helped with that. That's right. You know, you're like the type hey, of person. Let's, yeah. yeah, the type of person. And then like actually having a conversation and asking the right questions yep. to identify, okay, here's what you need. And we'll be back with some really good options for you. Yeah. So it's pretty good, man. I, I I really appreciate what you've built and um, you know, want to make sure that people understand, you know, the value that you guys provide because it's Oof, it's, well, it's, it's nothing. And, yeah. and I, I don't know if I told you about this, but one thing I'm working on now, well, I've, it's been at least two months now of having my own personal virtual employee. Right. That's a game changer. Yeah. Game it's changer. crazy that you only did that recently. I know. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> where have I been? I'm like, especially, so again, what you were talking about, what's, but what's the beauty of it is, is I'm a low detail person. I think you and I kind of line, you know, like, that yeah. just wears us out. We can do it, but it wears the <laughs> makes for a long day. So I hired somebody that's called a tech expert on the culture index profile, which means their detail is much higher than mine. And so I literally just pass off anything with detail. I just pass off to her and she knocks it out. Yeah. Um, she prepares my presentations, you know, the blank, the, the templates for me. If somebody sends me the information that goes in a certain slide, she puts it on there for me. Like she's living in my in- inbox right now. I've gotten to where, I only check email at 12 to one and four to five. So 
Uh, I'm trying to get it. I want to get down to just four to five. That would be my ultimate goal. Just get, not be as trapped with the email. hundred percent. Um, yeah. You feel like you just can't leave your, your computer, you know, like that's just the worst, you know, for, cre- right. you know, for, to be creative and trying to add value in other places, always answering emails is not the most best use of your time, especially for entrepreneurs and business owners. It's just, it's just a time suck. Yeah, especially as you grow and evolve and more and more people are requiring your time. Um, You know, you and I have talked about this. You know, if I take a day, not necessarily off, but away from the office or doing interviews or doing whatever, I'm just not available to check emails through half a day or a full day. I come back to hundreds and hundreds of emails. How does that, how does anyone manage that? And yeah, I think... um, that's critical. What you've put together finally, and 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 I'm identifying with you, thinking, shoot, I need that. <laughs> I need to find someone that can manage my every day. Well, I'll just show you, you know, because that's, can you see this? Yeah. That's my inbox. Can it show up? Yeah, I see. Three, I see a few. Three emails. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. I just want to. Yeah, just. Uh, I yeah. Love, I mean, like, just it's the proofs in the pudding. So. I know um, that's amazing. It's funny because um, you know, big shout to someone on my team who you've met, Devin. She's often uh, volunteered herself to do what you just showed there. You know, I have literally thousands of emails, and she's like, "I'm gonna just weed through this and <laughs> and, and 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 help you." Yeah. But I'm like, "You, I got, I need to put you on bigger, better things." Mm. Although I'd love for you to to act like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's finding the right people, and then also identifying if those people have a skill set that can actually do something bigger and better and build mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I understand even with, with the VAs, um, you know, giving them the opportunities too to expand and grow personally, oh, yeah. you know, by presenting opportunities saying, Hey, you're, you're crushing this. Um, it's also, uh, opportunities, you know, to, expand people that aren't necessarily in the office with you, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to, and then now you, we can, we can promote you. And it's, it's really cool to, to build a company that has a lot of, has a virtual workforce who you're also helping like you would traditionally with self-improvement and development. Oh, for sure. I mean, we have reviews. Um, we just now yeah. kind of to your point, set up levels so that you, you know, we actually post jobs now, which is super cool. Meaning if, you know, there's a job that comes open that, that is a promotional type. We're trying to make le- levels because we don't want, you know, a lot of people that are in, in the virtual world are in call centers and that kind of stuff. And there's not much upward mobility, but within the entrepreneur world, there are, to your point, if you're, you're helping me, you're side by side with me, that to me, you should be paid you know, more than just answering phone calls. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. you're having to think you're having to, I mean, she responds to emails like she's me, you know, like, so mm. there's got to be some, yeah. some real, you know, good work rules and some processes she puts in place to, to make sure that yeah. she handles it. So we're going to have to talk offline. I, I need to duplicate that person. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I need her or him on my yep. team. Um, because yeah, yeah. When, when you hear someone else that finds a solution to a pain point of yours, mm-hmm. it's like, Ooh, you know, help, 
yeah. help, you know, how can, how can, how can I get that too? Because you found the answer. Um, so yeah. And, and, you know, we're, we're talking about one vertical here, one company that you have that, uh, su supplies, like we said, an answer and a service to a major thing that people are having challenges with. Um, but you also, you know, have your other companies, which solves problems and has solutions for people yep. in investing, yep. right? Or finance That's or right. sourcing deals. And so any sort of last things that you want to highlight for folks uh, that may want to come and, and partner or work with you in some way? No, I think we just try to be, well, you know, the way I'd say it, we try to be end-to-end -end solution provider for real estate investors. So that'd be a way to say it. We want, we want people to flourish. We want them to succeed. And so if they can partner with us and we can help them buy more real estate, do more loans to help them buy more real estate, whatever that looks like. You know, we, we want others to be investors. You know, like I, I contribute, you know, my journey is to is somebody helping me buy that first property. So, you know, I love coaching people. I love helping people think through strategic, you know, how to get involved and taking it from, I heard a guy say at the barbecue, you know, at the, weekend barbecue to buy a rental property in Memphis, Tennessee to know, let's get a plan. Let's get a, let's get something going here. I think that's where we, we come in and help add the value and not just, you know, let you buy a house in Memphis and hopefully hope for the best, you know, that that's just, yeah. hope is not a strategy. If you've heard that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good stuff though. So can people reach you via email, your website, what's the best place? Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, I guess Dan at 6amcc.com. That's 6am core collective. Um, Dan at 6amcc.com is probably the easiest email for me. Awesome. Very cool. All right, brother. Yeah, man. Truly appreciate you, man, in every way. And uh, yeah, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, man. Always, always a pleasure to hang out with you. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. Thanks, brother. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral, and as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Yeah.